Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. Uh, unfortunately, we're back under some pretty terrible terms. Uh, Reese, I-, I know you and I both had the misfortune of watching the Bears lose to the Packers this past weekend. Um, and man, it was really a tough one. I think a lot of us had our our, our expectations sky high after that monsoon game against the 49ers. <laughs> and man, did they just lay a dud. Uh, but before we get into it, how, how's it going, Reese? How are you doing this week? Uh, and, and how are you feeling about the Bears? Yeah, no, it's going good. Uh, definitely a busy time of the year, uh, but a great time of the year. Um, and I've had the ability to digest and watch a lot of football, uh, both good and bad on the college and pro level. So, hey, and that makes me happy. Love to have this time of the year come around. Uh, Bears definitely made me a little sad <laughs> on Sunday night for yeah. sure. Um, I know you were definitely frustrated. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it, as much as it sucks to say it, it was one of those things where it's like terrible in the moment, but you got to take a step back, put it in the scope of what this season's all about and starts to sting yeah. a little less. I mean, I think you kind of what you said at the beginning, like everyone's hopes after the monsoon game were probably peaking, you know, starting off one and oh, I mean, that's a great feeling. Um, so I think ultimately it comes down to that, you know, people's expectations were high. And you you kind of go out there and didn't really necessarily lay an egg on the scoreboard, but as far as what the gameplay looked like for the majority of the game, those three straight three and outs was just painful to watch, and I think brought back some bad memories from uh, the recent past. So I, I definitely get it. It was pretty tough. Yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, I mean, just jumping right into the game. I expected there to be a little bit of a different game plan than what we were expecting than what we saw in the monsoon. You know, I thought this like run heavy, you know, keep the ball out of Justin Fields hands attack was going to be, you know, that, that made sense in the weather game. And then I saw the same exact game plan for this game. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and unfortunately I feel like we're here yet again, looking at this offense and I don't want to, I don't want to be really catastrophic with this because I think it's easy as bears fans based off of all the, you know, mental abuse we've had to go through watching Matt Nagy, you know, and some, some real terrible offenses roll out there and the whole John Fox era. (laughs) It's just when, as soon as you see something bad, you immediately go to the worst case scenario and that this won't change. Now that's not necessarily the case. That being said, this offense so far, I see a a lot of good in like the run game and and honestly the the offensive line has been a major bright spot but as far as like the play calling in the passing game it just has not been there like it just it doesn't make a lot of sense and I think we saw like we saw shades of it working in the 49ers game but in this game it was just nothing could work past that first drive yeah it was definitely a disappointment um because you're right they they came out pretty hot and you know, especially if it's the first drive of the game, if running the ball is going to take you all the way down the field, helps you control the clock early in the game and kind of dictate the pace of it. I mean, that's fantastic. So I'm not going to complain about that. I think ultimately, I think the play calling is disappointing at some point. Um, I think, you know, once again, OK, like this is Luke Getze's second regular season game calling. So I, you have to cut him a little bit of slack. And like you said, it looked pretty familiar to the game plan with the 49ers, which when you look at the conditions was, you know, concerning and upsetting. I think, though, too, it really just kind of obviously I, I know we'll talk about it um, being like Mooney and Komet not getting the ball. I think a lot of it starts with 
really just the element of what a lot of NFL teams do, what the good college football teams now they do in football, which is just using the pass as an extension of your run game. And we even saw Aaron Rodgers do it with like the little quick flick pass that, you know, we've seen quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes do and just gives it to, you know, Adams on a, a quick sweep, you know, and boom, just like that. It's out of his hand. It even counts as a completion. Um, and I think that things like that screens, I even think that putting someone like Mooney um, into the slot, you know, early in the game to, to try to generate some some quick, easy separation, just a rhythm thing. I mean, because when in these first two games, beyond the whole pass attempt issue has, you know, and the pass attempt issue plays into this, you know, when have we seen Justin Fields develop a rhythm? Like he just hasn't been given a chance. You know, there's no rhythm to be had. And I think that when you look at how stale the offense is, it it primarily stems from that. You know, Justin Fields doesn't have a chance to rip off six straight completions like that because, I mean, that might take him two quarters um, at the rate that we're going at it right now. And the fact that a lot of the plays are, you know, a couple deep shots in the game that were ultimately the incompletions. and the one interception and none of it's really in between. And as much as I love to talk about the mid range passing game, it's just the short passing game was never even really developed. It was just checkdowns. And I, I would like to hope that this could just be something where it's like, Hey, right now we're kind of thin at wide receiver with, even with injuries, like just despite the talent, like the lack of talent at wide receiver, the bears do have a couple injuries at wide receiver. Nikhil Harry still on IR. Bayless Jones Jr. still not back. Um, that being said, like my biggest issue with all this, and, and like I want to, I want to get to it because we we spent a lot of you know the summer early last year worrying about the offensive line. I actually think the offensive line has been pretty good. I think the biggest issue with the offensive line that I see game after game is just players mi- completely missing who they're supposed to be blocking, like a blocking assignment issue, like a scheme issue, which is kind of to be expected because we're switching our entire blocking scheme. You know, this is a, a much more now outside zone heavy run game, um, which surprisingly in the run, they've done pretty good. But for these passing sets, you know, maybe it's boot action or, or play action or whatever you want to call it. Like it's, we're seeing players miss assignments. And one of the biggest, like, a couple times where I saw this is I don't know if you remember, but there was one play where Justin Fields was likely going to have a play action pass. He rolled back and you just saw nobody blocked Preston Smith. And he just, Justin Fields tried to make a miss, but he just fell to the, Justin slipped on the, on the ground and he had a defender right in his face. The second time that we saw this was when Justin was rolling out of the pocket on a design run. It looks like and Cody Whitehair just didn't block a guy. And as soon as just, and this was on a key third down in Packers territory that led to a field goal rather than a touchdown, which again, these things change the course of a game, right? And and like, if we, if we would have gotten that, then we, if we would have gotten that third down, then we probably wouldn't have to worry so much when we made that trip to the red zone that had that terrible call that saying that Justin wasn't in when he, when he, probably wasn't like Like we wouldn't have to worry about that because we'd be kicking a field goal and then moving on now Justin got up on that play you could see him like pissed off at Cody Whitehair and it's because he just completely missed his blocking assignment so it seems like there are a lot of errors there the talent for the most part out I think the talent outside of Mustafer has been pretty good even in the passing game like there's players getting beat but the player that I consistency 
consistently see getting beat is Mustafer. So I'm really excited to see what it looks like when Lucas Patrick is in there. That being said, again, the passing game has just not... I think Getsy's trying to just... He might be in that phase, that, and I hate to bring Nagy up again, but like, it seems like all of the passing plays are designed to go to somebody, and if they don't go to that person, then there's a lot of confusion. Like, for instance, um, with with that Darnell Mooney pass, like you don't only need to get Darnell Mooney involved on a design deep shot. Like, you can let these guys go fight for it, and like this is like it's almost the opposite of Nagy, where Nagy was just. It ha- calling all hitch routes like these are a lot of these are all designed to go to a specific wide receiver and yes that's good for a young quarterback at the same time you need to still have these plays that are just common football plays crossing routes just get get darnell mooney on a deep crosser like it doesn't need to be all schemed up let darnell mooney fight for himself and because we haven't seen any of that Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, like, and Cole Komet, you know, we call him out a lot, but he had apparently an amazing training camp. He's been, they've both been MIA through two games, which is a huge issue. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think one of my major takeaways is, you know, first off the fact that the leading, the most targeted person on the bears has seven targets is, is worrying. And the fact that it is, and the fact that it is equanimous St. Brown is also a worry. Um, and not that I think Equinemius St. Brown has actually outplayed my expectations, but not to the point where he needs to be um, the, you know, the highest targeted player on the team. Like that's an issue. And that's what I'm saying. You need to create opportunities for your best players. Like, and Eberflus did say it in the press conference. Like, yeah, we got to get the ball in the hands of the players that are actually truly difference makers. And, you know, luckily, you know, for Montgomery, you know, the ball was in his hands quite a bit and he was able to deliver. Now we need to see the same thing happen for Darnell Mooney. And if Cole Komet is up to it, we need to see that develop too this year. Um, and I think that it just, yeah, I think mixing it up a little bit more. I really do think that moving the receivers around, uh, being a little less predictable with it, um, is going to help a good bit. And, you know, maybe that does come back when, you know, sure. Valus Jones is healthy and, you know, it's hard to, I guess, predict where Getsy's head is as far as how this all fits in because someone like Velas, we've hardly seen him. I mean, of course, not in the regular season. He was banged up throughout camp as well. And man, like Darnell Pring or Darnell Pringle, my goodness, uh, Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. Uh, I mean, he's been invisible too. And the what he needs to get the involved. one play that the couple plays he's been in there, he's been good. Well, I mean, I was about to say the one play that I noticed he was in the game during Green Bay, he got a false start. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah, during Green Bay, yeah. right? But I'm talking on the 49ers oh, yeah. when he had that nice, you know, sideline catch, um, like that was huge, and the Bears marching down and scoring again. Yeah, and I think that you know, obviously. I think some Bears fans are kind of have to face the facts and be like, okay, yeah, like the worry that the national analysts had about the wide receiving core is at least somewhat correct. I mean, they're not the best weapons, but there still was some separation. I mean, there were times that there were open targets that Justin Fields just didn't hit. So that's going to have to be something that's that's changed. And, you know, Justin Fields has not been perfect. So ultimately he needs to kind of get into his rhythm, figure it out. And my main worry isn't Justin Fields, but I think that it's at least reasonable to, to at least, you know, kind of field those doubts. I, I get it because it hasn't been beautiful over the first two games. Now game one was a little bit condition dependent. I get that. Ultimately though. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, you're not gonna be able to sustain this, um, 
you know, the fact that the Bears before, you know, four other teams played yesterday were already the, you know, among the top five uh, lowest passing teams, and those teams only played one game. I mean, <laughs> that said plenty. Yeah. Um, so this is this is even a funnier stat that I saw today too. Justin Fields is currently ranked 33rd in the NFL in pass attempts <laughs> by a quarterback, which there's 32 NFL teams. If you guys didn't know, so that's uh, that's quite a damning stat. Um, and I, I get what you're saying. Like I, I, I think the people that are blaming this on Justin as a whole, like are just so wrong because like, for instance, Darnell Mooney, right? Darnell Mooney, we know is a good player. He, maybe he's not a, you know, wide receiver one. Maybe he is a wide receiver too. He's still, I think Darnell Mooney, you put him on a good team. He can definitely get a thousand yards per season. He did it last year on a bad team. Darnell Mooney is a good player. We know that for a fact. He is even seeing massive drops in production because of this new offensive scheme. And that's my biggest concern right now is it, I don't even like blame it on the wide receivers right now. Like, I don't think this is a wide receiver talent thing because we have a talented wide receiver and he's not getting any looks. And if you think this is because, oh, we don't have Allen Robinson taking coverage, teams were not allocating any coverage responsibilities besides man coverage to Allen Robinson last year. And Darnell Mooney had some of his best games when Allen Robinson wasn't even on the field. So like, that's just not even a thing. This is a, this is a scheme thing. And what I can say right now is that the bears on offense are damn good at running the ball. Like really, really good at running the ball a lot better than I expected. And the Packers are a good run running team. And I think the reason why they went with the run is because they're like, Hey, the Packers have a really good front seven. We're not going to let them just pin their ears back and go rushing on fields. Understand that kind of take them out of the game. We still ran extremely well outside of even including we that we went against two of the best front sevens in the NFL. I think David Montgomery had one of the best games I've ever seen. And I think the Bears blocking as a unit on the run looked the best I've seen David Montgomery ever run behind. We're actually seeing so, trap blocks and, and good pulls too. I yeah. mean it was yeah. it was something different. That was refreshing. It was good. Yeah. It was very good. And like this is something you can build a good passing game off of. Like now teams, like I'm, I'm telling you when Lovey Smith, which is funny enough that we're bringing up his name, <laughs> not in reference to the bears, when we're going against him next week, which th- this episode is only going to, we're not going to focus on that yet, but when we're going against him next week. They're going to say, okay, we really need to key in on the run because if the bears stick to the run, especially against a team with a not great front seven, like the Houston Texans, the bears will absolutely thrash him in the run game. And they're going to need to bring up a lot more help on the run for the run. And if they do that, then it's going to open up a lot in the passing game. So there are key points that you can build off of. Um, I, I, I think there, there is a silver lining, but like if we go another game and like, I don't want to hit disaster mode immediately, but if we go another game where we are just not passing the ball, we are just like, Cole Komet, Darno Mooney, not involved in the slightest. Like that's a huge issue. And that is like a fundamental like play caller issue, scheme issue that I I don't know if that will be solvable for the rest of the season. Yeah. And, and I like your comments about the offensive line and run blocking. And they've been good. I mean, even uh, Chris Collinsworth highlighted, you know, some of the good moments for the offensive line where you had guards pulling, sealing the gaps. And, and, and even when, you know, things didn't break out quite as well, like there were holes are being developed. And I think that. And Tevin Jenkins, by the way, sorry to yeah. interrupt. 
Tevin Jenkins manhandled Kenny Clark. Like that was super, super impressive. But when Kenny Clark lined up on Sam Mustafer, <laughs> Sam Mustafer became well, I don't, Sam Mustafer got basically pancaked himself, you know. Yeah. He, multiple times by Kenny yeah, Clark. It was rough going. But I think that Tevin Jenkins has definitely been solid. I'd say that obviously Mustafer Make sure I need to check to make sure we're not around Alan Cruz. Yeah, Mustafer is uh is <laughs> actually saw someone tag him on Twitter in a, a diss about Mustafer. Um, but I think Mustafer, like we don't need to go into him. I think that we've kind of driven that point off. I think it's been white hair that's been definitely a disappointment, and I think we kind of saw that coming a little bit from last year. Those like white hairs play was getting a little concerning, and Borum has been a little inconsistent. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. One thing, t- both tackles have been like they flash a lot of good, and, but they've also been inconsistent. Yeah. I think. It, it, but I mean, it's hard to even like bash on like Braxton Jones that much because, man, like it's a tough test to be at left tackle and, and get like that top responsibility um, all the time. Now, of course, with the Packers, it's a little different. But you know, Rashawn Gary is becoming a force, but Kenny Clark is definitely you know the mainstay of that defensive line. He plays you know right up the inside, so. A little different of a case there. I was just going to bring up the point in two totally different situations, and it's not like you can draw too much symmetry. But I find it real interesting that <laughs> where the Packers' offensive, you know, assistants went to, being Nathaniel Hackett to Denver and Luke Getzey to Chicago, have both had pretty tough struggles as far as getting things going offensively. Yeah. It's been, I mean, Hackett's is, it's like 10 well, times worse than Chicago Hackett. Doesn't he's got know everything he in front of him. Football. Like you have the, you have the crowd <laughs> yeah, counting seriously. down the play clock for him because he can't seem to manage it. Like it's just terrible. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. That is, that is hilarious. And it's just with Hackett and, and not to take us too off task either. It's just, it's just been so insane to see. Like people are saying, this is Matt Nagy bad. No, this is even this is worse than than Matt Nagy bag. This is like I, the only person that I've seen recently that I can compare this to, and I don't. I think it's a little bit in a different level, but just showing up unprepared is Urban Meyer. Matt Nagy looked prepared his first year, and he while he did get like a lot of sloppy penalties and stuff like that towards the end of it, he at least he showed up to some games looking like he had a game plan. I mean, he thrashed the lions like every week they, they can't even beat the Seahawks who's, <laughs> who is essentially the lions of the what NFC West now. Yeah. Like, it, that's terrible. You have Russell Wilson, three great receivers, uh, two good running backs, half decent offensive line. Uh, you know, it's just, that's insane to me. Um, but yeah, I don't want to derail it too far. Yeah. I think that ultimately most of the disappointment in this game came from the offense but I'm interested in kind of like your take on the defense because I think I have defense was not good. Well, I have a little bit of a contrarian opinion though. Like I, I feel I just, actually, I'll just say this off the rip while it's fresh on my mind. Everyone kind of, well, not everyone. A lot of people coming off at Kyler Gordon. First off, I'll say that I think he made some decent plays in the game, especially coming down, playing on the mm-hmm. run. He had that real nice uh, PBU pass breakup. Um, on Alan Lazard in the end zone, which was nice. And he had a couple other decent coverage plays, uh, especially on on some key moments. Now, he was targeted a boatload, and and Jalen Johnson wasn't targeted at all. But I think people kind of like playing the nickel, especially as a rookie, um, and playing against a quarterback like Rodgers, who's really going to utilize that inside matchup. Um, you know, one of his favorite targets or the, one of the players he's most familiar with, Randall Cobb, was operating a lot out of that position. 
So it, it's it's tough. Like it was honestly tough on him. And yeah, he did give up a few passes, but I do not think that it was like Kyler Gordon's fault that the Bears, you know, lost this game at least defensively. You know, I think that a lot of the issues stem from from the linebacking core, honestly, and, and especially yep. on running situations. Um, also just not getting quite enough penetration or, or kind of gap integrity from the defensive line as well. But mainly it falls on when you're getting worked like that in the running game, especially things going from five yards to 10 yards, that's all the linebackers being a step too late. And especially, I hate to say it, but Roquan Smith, someone that didn't look bad in the, in the 49ers game, kind of seemed like, you know, he was a step behind in this game. Every time you would see him, it was like, oh, he has a chance to get him down at three yards. And then, you know, he ends up kind of having to chase him down for the tackle. So it was just a step too slow for Roquan and really for the linebacking core as a whole. Linebacking core looked horrible this game, um, which I was surprised about because I do think it's one of the strengths of the team. I think the biggest issue right now is Roquan is not up. I don't think he's he's conditioned enough from missing all of, all of camp. Not, I mean, like being in that holding situation, not getting to practice. Like, I don't think he's where he needs to be. I think he's lagging behind a lot of the rest of the team. You know, honestly, we with this switch to a four three, we also need to understand that it's run responsibilities rely a lot more heavily now on the linebackers because you have less men up front most of the time. Right. Um, so having these these four four men there, it, it creates bigger gaps. I don't think the defensive line has been great. Like I think there's been, you know, I think Robert Quinn still looks good. Travis Gibson had a really good game. I still think we need to work on getting more consistent pressure. Uh, yeah. on the quarterback because I, and, and honestly like I this game sure they were missing um, Bakhtiari but like this was essentially the same actually an improved Packers line from when we saw him both times last year and we are getting you know similar performance like we we have one against two good offensive lines thus far um, so I, I, I don't think it's like time to ring the alarm bells there yet either what I can say though, is that the linebackers really need to step it up and like teams are going to keep pressing us with the run. If we let them have it again, we went against two of the greatest running teams in football right now. Right. AJ Dillon and, and, uh, and, uh, Aaron Jones, like those are two great running backs. I don't know why I always want (laughs) to, I always come up with Adams in my head. My goodness. (laughs) But he's, they're both really good. And like, they have a good offensive line. This is a good running scheme. Like it's good. Same with the 49ers. 49ers run the ball one of the best. So maybe, maybe this is a, like we play two good teams situation. Maybe it's not as far as Kyler Gordon goes. I, I think I just fundamentally disagree with the coaching staff of putting him in the slot at this point in his career. I think he should just focus on developing outside for now. Um, he can't, he does have that flexibility and we'll see that used. But when you have a young player learning what's essentially two positions and uh, two and not only two positions, but difficult positions, right? Um, it, it is asking for teams to target it at some level. And when you're going against one of the best teams with the Packers, and maybe they aren't that great this year. And this, I'll, I'll, I'll round this out with the defense in a minute, but like, I, I think we'll, we will see him moving inside and out benefit us against bad teams and and be kind of a disadvantage against good teams what i can say about the defense as a whole by the way i thought jaquan brisker had another really good game eddie 
really screwed us on that last play against Sammy Watkins. He bit hard on the screen pass, but ultimately Eddie's having a good season too. Um, at the end of the day, though, the Packers scored 24 points. Like that's like I'm trying to keep this into perspective. Or was the it Packers did not score a lot of points. End? Did they? I don't. I, I didn't even remember. I think, it, I think it was 27 to 10. I think was the final. All right. Well, they they scored 24 points. That is not a lot of points, and that is something you should be able to uh, go be better than. And especially like that is not a bad showing against the Packers. And what I'm going to kind of round this out is like. I don't think the Packers have looked that great this year. And I would it would not surprise me if by the time we play them at Soldier Field, this team and their team are in different positions and we end up winning that game. Because there was so much that the Bears did in this game that screw themselves over. They just looked like they were it looked like a young coaching staff and a young team going against an experienced coaching staff and an experienced team. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And you know, we'll see how the season rides out and develops. There's a lot of football, um, you know, to that point and in between then. Like you said, I, I think that the secondary ultimately is going to be fine. I think Kyler Gordon, I don't mind them playing on the nickel. I think that they're just going to – the coaching half is get, coaching staff is going to have to understand that there's going to be a lot of growing pains with that. Like you're going to have games, like you said, against the good quarterbacks, the good teams, where they're going to pick on him. Um and he's developing those skills. I think that what Kyler Gordon has actually shown, um, you know, in this last game was actually a good amount of resilience and not being scared to go in and make the tackle, especially in and around the box, which, you know, if you're going to continue to play him at nickel, that's going to be something that, that you like to have be instinctual and that you don't have to coach. And I think that that's definitely an upside there. Um, and I, I just kind of want to get back to the defensive line a little bit. I think that what you said is really the important part. Like they've looked, the defensive line has looked good and they've been able to get pressure, but it hasn't been enough consistent pressure. And in this game, in this particular game, it just wasn't dominant enough. You know, the the way that the Vikings mm. really kept Aaron Rodgers on his heels were on a third down passing play, they were always in his face. And if he was going to get the ball off, it was still going to be difficult. Yeah. And there's too many scenarios in this game, and Rodgers didn't have to throw the ball that much, um, which ultimately was a problem in itself. Um, but when it was in those obvious passing situations, sometimes they would get home, and then other times it would just be a rather clean pocket. So... It would be good to rather have some hands in his face all the time. I think that, you know, Robert Quinn, I'm not worried about him as far as, you know, being able to deliver pressures. I think that, you know, he'll be able to not put up, you know, nearly as good of a season as last year, but I think still a good enough, a respectable season. And I think, you know, just getting this uh, consistency out of Travis Gibson, that's going to be a huge thing. I mean, he's shown that, you know, given the opportunity and the right situations, he can definitely make an impact. And I think that, you know, a good rotation of him and Dominique Robinson, who I think also still look pretty good in this game, um, is going to hopefully be very productive. So there's definitely tweaks that the Bears can make. And like you said, it was not the prettiest game. Um, definitely, you know, some mistakes on the coaching side um, and mistakes from the players as well. And, you know, I'm glad we didn't get too much into the Yes, like I, I guess I wanted to at least get through this without addressing that, yeah, there were some bad penalties and bad no calls in the yeah. game, which was disappointing. And we brought up Justin, Justin Fields close, you know, kind of looked like it was a touchdown. Um, but there was definitely some missed things. But, hey, like you have to you have to fight through that. This happens in football. There's, you know, 
probably a bad game called every week, you know, if we're being honest. Yeah. And, it, and at the end of the, they, they, you, we already know this. Like there, there's always a lot of BS that goes on when you go to Lambeau and you're playing with Rogers. Like for instance, the, the picked up holding penalty, not that would have mattered on that. That was against, um, uh, Elton Jenkins, Jenkins yeah. where he pretty much just like was grasping all <laughs> the way around the neck of Travis Gibson, which was clear as day. And even Chris Collinsworth was like, I don't know about that one. And then uh, also uh, Elton Jenkins trying to trip Travis Gibson yeah, and stuff like Bush that. There was, there was, there was a false start on the huge third down conversions, that conversion that the Packers had towards the end of the game, clear as day, false start. <laughs> and like these things don't get called and like you understand it, but at the same time, it's like also like there's so much like whack stuff called on the Bears to begin with too. But at, at the end of the day, you put yourself when you what happened in the first half after that first drive was criminal. It looked like they had no clue what they were up against. You can't only play like and it's even bad to say that the second half was good, but you can't only play one competent half of football per game. You're gonna lose the game, and that's exactly how the Packers won the game. If they played like they played on offense and defense in the second half all game, then that would have been a completely different story. The Bears probably would have been in scoring position and we probably would have been locking the Packers out a lot. The Packers scored three points in the second half. Okay, that, that's that's good. But you and like it's very similar to what we saw against the 49ers, but you can't play one and I don't know if this is just like not understanding what to expect or like not getting good enough scout team looks like against other teams, but you got to go into games more prepared. I've liked how they've, they've switched things up and they've been able to at halftime, make the adjustments necessary. Something we didn't see with Matt Nagy, but you can't, again, like this is the same conversation that we've been having with the bears forever. You can't play one good half of football and expect to win a good football game. Yeah. As far as, as far as the, the, um, people are all really upset. I think there's a lot of things you can criticize Getsy for, I don't think that the formation they used in the final um, fourth down was all that bad. I think the decision of who the ball went to was bad because what essentially what Getsy was planning on there, when you go with the QB sneak, you're going to get a stacked box every single time, right? That's just what you're going to get. What Getsy did, which I actually don't mind this, right? He split some wide receivers out. You take men out of the box, right? Yeah. Smart. Makes sense. It's, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I was a, a little bit confused as to why Justin Fields was in shotgun. I didn't love that, right? But I and I would have I would have called this play much differently too. But the even being in shotgun also pulls you know maybe a safety out of the box. Maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna play their safeties back more. My biggest criticism with that play call is that ball shouldn't have been carried by Justin Fields. That ball should have either went to Montgomery or I would have recommended it that ball going to Herbert because he's gonna hit the hole a lot faster. Right. And so when you have that patent off, the reason why you also have that is when you're in shotgun there with Justin Fields, the safeties and the linebackers have to play off a little bit too, because they you risk having a boot action too. If it was me, I'd probably have a cluster of wide receivers so that you're threatening the play action uh rollout and, and some sort of rub route at the goal line, which is like if anyone that's played Madden knows that in even just watched football. Those are some of the most easy converting plays you can get at the goal line is having some sort of rub route. And the fact that the ball just went to Justin Fields, who I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was like a quarterback 
call. Like maybe that was like he, Justin read it and he was like, I'm going to take it. But it seemed like that was a designed QB run to me. Yeah, I, I think it was. And this is what I'll say to that. I would it have been better to do it under the center more than likely. Yes. Like, I don't think that's too hard of a question to answer. I think though it could have been done on a shotgun, but they, I think it would have been better off. If they ran it in the pistol, at least give yourself a chance at like the Bush push, you know, let, you know, Montgomery yeah. run up behind him and, and give him a shove. Um, which I think that, you know, when you have them set, you know, in formation right next to the fields, it doesn't quite give you that same opportunity. I I actually venture out, especially with how effective um, he was in the game too. Run game. But but yeah. I'd say this: if you line up an I formation, when is the Kyrie Blazing game fullback dive going to come into play? You know, it, it's yeah. not it's not a terrible and idea. Kyrie had a good game too. It, He's he was blocking really. He well. was blocking really well, and you know we see the 49ers do it. If you're going to keep a, a fullback on the roster. You might as well give it a try. I'd hope they're at least practicing it because it is a real good, um, you know, trick to have, especially in those, you know, those must convert, you know, third and short, um, you know, fourth and goal, fourth and one um, kind of situations to be able to pull out the fullback dive. It's just not quite as predictable. And of course, it's the, the shorter run up, you know, and you need someone that's powerful and it's going to play the low man win game. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, they could have gone a little bit differently there. Ultimately, I, I think that it would have certainly changed the complexion of the game. Do the bears end up winning if that's converted? Probably not. But I, I think that at least would have made the game look it's different. A different game. It's a different game. It's, yeah, it's just it's eight minutes left, eight minutes game. left. I mean, man, I don't know if anyone else is watching any of the games over the weekend, but uh, my goodness. I mean, yeah. if you're within two One touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you're still very much in the game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, first off, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know about you and, we can, uh, you know, wrap it up, but man, I don't know if you had the pleasure the pa- of watching any other games, but it was crazy. <laughs> NFL yeah, resume was popping. <laughs> with the Packers, this was this was what was so irritating to me. If it was me, I probably would have done like some sort of under center, like fake play action, which was just going to be a handoff to probably Khalil Herbert, because what was getting the Packers the entire drive was the the blind looks at the ball during the handoffs between Justin Fields and the running back because they didn't know if Justin was going to hold it and it just would freeze the linebackers. If it was me, that's probably I probably would have called some sort of under center, give the ball to a running back. I probably wouldn't have even done a QB sneak cuz honestly, I'm not a huge fan of QB sneaks. I don't know like the conversion rates, but they're not I don't think they're as great, and especially when you have running backs that are running the ball at like nine yards a carry, I'd probably rather get that. Also, like maybe a running back would dive over the pile and not like you wouldn't have to worry about them getting hurt or something like that. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't mind the creativity there. I think the issue was the ball should have never been in Justin's hands. The ball should have been handed off or it should have been an actual passing play. Um, that being that being said looking at all the other games. Yeah. This week was, and this is weird. Cause I feel like the beginning weeks are always pretty crazy, but I, you know, I had the luck. I was lucky enough to watch that jets game. Uh, the dolphins game was a really good game. Um, and then what, what was the, <laughs> the, the second half? Ra- oh, the Cardinals Raiders, Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because after the first half of games were 
we saw the Jets come back with Joe Flacco, elite Joe Flacco, throwing four touchdowns, and I saw <laughs> the Dolphins. <laughs> I saw the Dolphins make their comeback. I was watching the first, like, like the second um, series of games. You know, the I, I guess it's what what time? Afternoon three thirty. Yeah, the afternoon slate. Um, in Chicago, I was watching them like, man, these games are boring. These teams are getting blown out. Like t- it was not that great of a, a second slate of games. And then I just, and then I started watching and like, I was like, okay, watching it. And then all of a sudden I saw, wait a minute, the Cardinals are coming back after being down. Like it, it was so boring at first, but then the Cardinals started coming back and f- forgive me if I'm wrong, but the Rams were in the second slate too. And the Falcons had a very good shot of winning that game at the end. Yeah, no, that the both good finishes there. And I, if I have one takeaway, I was actually, and no one was talking about this, but I was really impressed, especially on that two point conversion with Kyler Murray, where he was just, it was like a 20 second play, right? Like he was just running around scrambling. He was looking, glancing to the end zone, eventually decided to run it himself. The linemen played that perfectly for him. Like, they kind of just started yeah. doing, like, screens, and, like, if they had a clear block, they would take it. But they did a really impressive job of disengaging and not picking up a hold. Because how many times in situations like that do you see oh, yeah. a lineman, you know, grab hold of someone's jersey? And they just didn't. If he, if you know, yeah. if the defensive linemen, first off, they were gassed at that point, 20 seconds into I know, play. that's what I was saying. Yeah, they like the offensive linemen just were keeping it sturdy, and you just saw the defensive linemen just started kind of giving up because <laughs> yeah. they were so exhausted. <laughs> and I don't know why. I didn't look like Max Crosby was in on that. I'm like, not sure, it looked yeah. like they had like a heavier set um, formation there for some reason. But and man, they almost yeah, blew that, it. That they got a delay a game, and they made it harder on themselves too to get the two point conversion. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It was just wild, wild finishes all over across the league. And you're right. You expect it in the first couple of games. But the fact that there were like multiple onside kicks and a couple of them, like in the Jets game, for instance, were recovered and Joe Flacco leads them down for a game winning touchdown, man. And yeah, I don't know the Garrett awesome. Wilson injury, but man, Garrett Wilson, I'm, I was telling everyone, I feel like out of this Ohio State he's been group, good. I think that he's going to be the best receiver. It like sticks it in the pros. And man, the separation that he's able to create even on like a little fade route is nuts. If, if Zach Wilson cannot even like be like somewhat good this year with, or if they, if he can't be good this year with the weapons that he has, cause he's got some good, I mean, they got Michael Carter. Who's been really good. Brees Hall. They have a Brees great a running back duo yeah. there. And by the way, I think this has been kind of an underrated note lately, but it seems like NFL teams are getting just like stacked at running back. Like that's why people were talking about David Montgomery. Oh, he's top 10. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> like he's really good running back. And I, I hate to tell rain on people's parade. Like he's a good running back. I'm a big fan of David Montgomery wanted the bears to draft him after I saw him against Iowa at Iowa state. And he was just insane. he did, he's pretty much what he was at Iowa state is exactly what he's been with at the bears where he had no offensive line help and would just somehow manage to have a somewhat competent run game. Um, but like, I, I said this to you in, in a text is like, he's not even, he's not even, he's probably the worst one in our division. Unfortunately, when you think about it, I mean, Deandre Swift, Dalvin cook, Aaron, Aaron Jones, like you, I mean, some people probably even AJ put him Dillon's over AJ really under good. AJ Dillon too. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. and you know, the NFC North is a good running back division, but yeah, I mean, Deandre Swift has really come into his own this year too. Um, yeah. 
and, and frankly, I feel like the Bears have a good backfield, especially between – I'm still a big Khalil Herbert fan, especially between him yeah. and Khalil Herbert. But, yeah. I, Khalil Herbert is just like ex, – he's just so explosive. Like he gets to the second level so quickly that – He's he's such a good change of pace for David Montgomery, and I think we'll see some games where he's more the running back one, and other games where David Montgomery is. But we have a really good running back tandem, and I know David Montgomery wants to get paid. I know he's a really good leader on the team. Ah, I don't know if that'll happen because of just where Khalil Herbert's at. I think he's he's right there. Like I don't think it's a one two. I think it's a one a one B truly. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how tough Montgomery makes it. You know, if you can keep up this level of play throughout the year, it's of course going to be tough not to give it to him. But you know what they say? I mean, you extend running backs and <laughs> bad luck. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Uh, yeah. And, uh, no, it, it was good. And I think even, um, weren't the giants in a pretty good game. Who did they play again? this week the giants played why am i blinking on it they uh they came back and won because they were a comeback too yeah they were a comeback and they they did they play the texans no that was or was it the texans i felt like that's who the the broncos played no the bronc bronc uh broncos lost their game didn't they no they didn't... won um oh can we can we actually spend a minute talking about just how absolutely garbage the Colts are now? Oh I know. Oh by the way, it was the Panthers, but um that the Giants oh, that played. But yes, oh yes. <laughs> we can go ahead and take a moment if you want. Yeah, I don't want to make this too long, but man, I was a lot of some of my friends and like I know some people you know too, research really hyping up this Matt Ryan, this Matt Ryan thing, and I was like, I don't know, man he's been pretty bad and he's had a lot of wet. Like, even though how bad the Falcons have been, they still had a lot of weapons around him. you know, like throughout his entire time there with Calvin Ridley, you know, he had Julio for a, even a couple bad seasons that he had Julio, um, and Kyle Pitts and, and like, well, those are good, good players. Cordell Patterson, they had last year too. And he just didn't look that great. And I was never really a big buyer into the Colts. People were like, Oh, he's going to have his like repeat season. I was like, I don't know, man. And it just, everything is falling apart. And I think we're kind of seeing just like how positive of an impact Eberflus had on their defense. Granted, they don't have uh, Dar- Darius Leonard, which I know is Shaq Leonard now, but I just can't, I can't Shaquille change that Leonard, name in my head. Shaquille Leonard. Um, and he hasn't been in the game, but it's like, dude, they just got destroyed by the Jaguars. And they just tied to the Texans. Like I, the Jaguars, I don't think are that great of a team. I, I think what I will say for the Jaguars, and I think that long term throughout, like the the run of this regular season, I mean, logic would tell you that okay, yeah, this Colts team is going to be able to recover. But I I'm not so certain because you know what I kind of saw what I've seen over the first couple of games of this year. Trevor Lawrence is starting to figure it out a little bit. You can't really deny yeah. it. He is starting to put it together. He's getting some rhythm. He's starting to look like the quarterback that we expected him to look like and that we saw in college. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that was a really good pairing actually down there for them to get. Why am I blinking on the old Eagles coach's name uh, yeah, that they have? Um, yeah, and that the Bears were actually I, I, I interviewing as well. Um, but anyway. Who we liked. Doug Who we Peterson. liked too. We Doug thought he would be good. Yeah, Doug Peterson. Yeah. So, which I, yeah, exactly. I like Doug Peterson too. Um, I think that between that and the – like I think the Jaguars 
and like the Titans are definitely going to be able to give, you know, the calls run for their money down the line later on the season too. And the Titans are even having a little bit of a fall from grace. So we could really see some serious kind of like reshifting of this division. Like it could be, we've definitely expected to see the Colts towards the top of it and the Titans running it over the past couple of years. And we'll kind of see how that shapes out because as of right now, the Titans don't look nearly as good as they used to be. And the Colts do not look like anything dangerous. So, well, right, right or wrong. I think there's like a really good shot that Frank Reich ends up getting fired after this season, even though I know he's been good. Like he's, he's had some really good seasons. I know that the Colts owner was very unpleased with how last season ended and this season has been a complete train wreck thus far, getting blown out. They didn't score a single point against the Jaguars, who don't have that many damn good defensive players. Like they have like no one in their defensive backs. Like they have good rushers, yeah. obviously. They've spent a ton of draft capital as they always has have on that front seven. But like you can't be like claiming you're a good team and then doing that. I I'm gonna make this claim now. I don't think the Jaguars are that great. I think they might win their division. They could. Though. That's kind of what I was starting to the allude Titans to. The Titans look horrible. Yeah, the Titans look horrible. The Titans do not look good. Ryan Tannehill looks like a nobody, which I, I don't know why that surprised anybody. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, they're they're going to be looking for a quarterback after this year. Um, uh, you don't think it's Malik? The, the, the ten, I like Malik. I think he's an interesting player. It would be interesting to see because Jay, like I kind of felt the same way with Jalen Hurts. It was like I just don't know how advanced of a passer they are at this point in time, and like I think they're, uh, I think he's a hundred percent worth a third round pick. But I wouldn't like if my team's just like yeah we're good with him. I don't necessarily know how confident I'll be. But if he works out, he's going to be really really good in this league. Um, that being said, like. These and I mean it's kind of been the same story for this NF, the NFC South for a long time. It's just like who's gonna actually come out of it and like Jaguars might be that team. They got two good running backs. Their offensive line sucks. I don't know. I don't understand if they've been <laughs> then been holding up. The, their wide receivers. I mean Christian Kirk for all the crap we've given him has played pretty well, but like they don't have weapons, you know. And like the. the the Jaguars kind of need to go to the playoffs because they have no cap space next year. So this is going to be the best version of the Jags you see in years, <laughs> unless Trevor Lawrence just takes over yeah. you know, and they start drafting really well. Yeah. Well, I, I figure we should wrap this up before we turn this whole podcast into an NFL podcast, but uh, yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, as always, I mean, it's been, uh, we've had some technical difficulties uh, getting our way as far as getting kind of two things we want uploaded, uploaded. Um, but here we are. And uh, thank you all for, for tuning in and definitely not the best week to, to get back going on, but a lot more favorable matchup coming up with the Texans and Austin and I will, will dive back into that uh, here in a couple of days and, and kind of preview everything else, everything else, maybe a little bit more long-term for the bears as well. Anything you want to add Austin? Yeah, just expect a new episode Friday. It's going to be coming a little later this week. We've had like significant technical issues, um, but it looks like, for the time being, we're good. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> everything crossed. holds up. Yeah. Um, yeah, but thank you guys so much and uh, bear down. Bear down.